Gonna go right until you do right, my man. Yo, it's Renegade Coach. I'm Kamal K. Franklin. I'm here with Kalanjo Chega, K. The Right Starter. And who we got? I go by the name of the Ed Doctor. The Ed Doctor. And I am Transmit Live Minister Server. Okay. And I'm your boy Jai. 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 Hey, yo, last time we saw Jai, he had a last name. Oh, he did? Word? Yeah. No He's more? Like, my name, he said, my name is Jai Anthony Brown III. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that court case got settled. I got you. Yeah, no I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Yo, we got a fucking hot show tonight, yo. Oh, yeah. Silly show. First of you know all, we got to talk about white boys going wild. Nope. No, 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 I want my country back. 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 These motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying, took over the Capitol. We're going to get up all into that, yo. Running up on the walls. Uh-huh. They People got shot boy. and killed and shit, yo. They so a lot of shit, yo. Resting pissed at her. No, well, you know, I'm not down with the cops shooting nobody. So fuck the cops. Fuck but yeah, she shouldn't have been up in the fucking Should've building. But, yo, we also back. got up on the show, brother Mike Africa Jr. Mike talking Africa about Jr. Yeah. That's right. From Move. With his film, new film called 40 Years a Prisoner. That's right. That's yep. right. That's, That's right. right. Yo, he's going to talk all about his family, the move situation, uh-huh. and what projects he's got coming up on now. And okay. then we also got an independent film that's coming out called, called Mamas. Mm-hmm. Mama. Yes, independent film, uh, straight out of ATL, GA. You that's right. I mean? We wanted to show them some love because of the fact that we know that it's hard out here being independent. That's but right. But if you got your shit together, you can fuck around, come on, Renegade Coach, and we show you love. That's right. And this film seems to be like a real dope film about an important topic of our time. Yes. Mamas who's lost their kids to police brutality. They're uh-huh. going to get off into that. Yes. And we got an artist tonight who's going to be our artist. Oh, man. Yeah. Abyss is in the building. International Bam! Internationally known. That's right. Deaf poet. No doubt. That's right, yo. So we're going to have a hot show tonight on Renegade Culture. Oh, and yo, we got Patreons out there, you know what I'm saying? People who are patrons of the arts. They they, they love our work. They love our work. Moi? Who we got? Yo, big up to Demetria and Dewan Rollins. All right, that's right. Dewan That's right. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Demetria and Dewan so cool. What? the ear doctor was actually able to say that name properly. I know, I know. He stuttered a little I bit, was, but he got was, that shit out there. Even, even, There's even, a lot of D's up in that name. There's a lot of I had to throw some D's on that He's like, So, crewrenegade.com, I believe. Y'all want to support us? Crewrenegade what? Crewrenegade.com. Patreon. Patreon. Slash. Crewrenegade. Yeah. Dot. Dot. Com. Wait, Patreon.com. Nah, bro. It's crewrenegadeculture.com. But it ain't no doc. Oh, fuck it. It's Crew Renegade Culture on Patreon. It's, hey, check it. It's on the bottom of the screen. There okay. you go. Yeah, anyway. it's right, right down there, yo. So, oh, no, no. yo, support us. <laughs> uh, support your favorite podcast, the best podcast in the universe, yo. We're going to be back with Renegade Culture. Boom! Peace and much love. I am Minister Server right here with your hip hopstery. Yo, you know who this is? This is Houdini. First of all, we want to say rest in power to my man, Ecstasy. This is also the rapper Jalil, and big up to Grandmaster D. Houdini is a pioneer, one of the first international groups. They actually recorded their first album over in England with Thomas Dolby. They was also down with the original Mr. Magic Juice Crew. So they made a major impact. Their first album, Back to Black, was a mix of R&B and melodic sounds, along with the hardcore raps, the freaks come out at night, One Love, uh, Big Mouth, yo, Houdini, masters of the sound, masters of the flow. Anytime you're looking for real hip hopstery, you gotta check out Houdini. Rest in power, ecstasy, word. This is protected by the red, the black, and the green. With a key, you say. 
out to X-Clan. Love X-Clan, Shout out to uh, Abubakari, uh, formerly known as Sonny Carson, who yep, was the ancestor, yep. who was yeah. the father of one of the members of X-Clan. He was the father of Professor X. Yes, that's right. So anyway, um, a lot going on this week. Elections and all that on. kind of stuff happening. Yes, over yeah. in Georgia with the election. Um, that's right. Shout out to Pastor Raphael Warnock. What? This man's a senator. Worked with him on the Troy Davis thing. Mm -hmm. Salute to you. We seen him out there in the street. All Fuck right. Kelly Loeffler. Glad her. Yep. White yep. asses up out of there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Also, shout out to uh, uh, John Ossoff. John Ossoff, the young Jewish fellow who uh, they Came. said who's the first. Uh, He's the youngest Jewish senator. Sen oh, that's right. In the state of Georgia, and mm -hmm. the youngest senator mm -hmm. since uh, Joe Biden, old crusty. Since yet. Jim Crow Joe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, well, God so, damn. So I, I, we, we believe, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? We are, uh, I think it's safe to say that we don't necessarily go by what the fuck politicians talk about because we are abolitionists. Mm -hmm. Howsoever, we know that uh, these particular gentlemen have done some things in the streets mm -hmm. that have helped to impact our community. Yeah. So it is our hopes that uh, they continue those efforts. We understand that they are part of the U.S. government, so it's only yeah. so much they can do. And we understand that they, now that they've, uh, these two Democrats have got in, the Democrats now have control over the Senate, the House of Representatives, mm -hmm. and the president. So yes. they got no reason for none of this bullshit no, that they can't get nothing Zero. done, they can't get this done, they can't do that, because the orange man, who orange refuses man. to leave, okay. though, um, now the Democrats can't say they can't get nothing done. But on that note. On that note. Speaking at, of the orange man. At the Capitol. And the white man. Yeah, the white man has lost his the mind. The white man has lost his mind. White, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, everybody already know what happened Good at the Capitol. Right. Trump had a protest earlier, had thousands of people out there. Uh -huh. He told the crowd that they should go stop the, uh, not the counting the votes, but the, uh, the, the certification. The certification. That's right. Go over to the Capitol. Mm -hmm. And they took them on. They went to the Capitol. The police were like, oh my, our friends and buddies are here. That's we can't right. play them too rough, too tough, or whatever. That's right. We can't they do them like that. Broke into the Capitol uh -huh. and all hell broke loose. All hell broke loose. It was pandemonium, ladies and gentlemen. We saw <laughs> a poor young black police officer running through there with oh, his baton. And he can't get a job at goddamn Wendy's right now. <laughs> his security they game. chase his ass upstairs. It's like Carl Winslow. He said, these goddamn donuts ain't worth dying God damn. I gots to go, gotta go, gotta, gotta go. go. And it's crazy, because these protests, these so-called protesters who were like, no, no they were not protesters. What are they, no. man? They were terrorists. terrorists. They were terrorists. terrorists. Rioters, cavemen, were, let's call them what they that's are. That's right, that's right. I was scared, and I wasn't even on the motherfucking scene. Oh, goddamn, no. <laughs> but these cats came up, yo, they had uh, sticks, they had, some people said that they had um, uh, weapons, uh, there were some charges, pipe bombs, pipe bombs spray. potential pepper, pepper spray, spray. Yeah. and one, one woman was killed inside the Capitol by yes. the police. One white woman, hold it, this, uh, this particular white woman mm -hmm. that was shot by the police in the neck, she uh, is actually a U.S. Air Force vet. Mm. Wow. Um, so she was killed. There was uh, a woman outside. from Kennesaw, yeah, mm -hmm. a woman from Kennesaw died, uh, Kennesaw, Georgia, and two other folks mm -hmm. died in this uh, in this melee yesterday. Yeah, yeah. We would like to take the time to say, rest in piss to all four of y'all. That's right, rest in P-I-S-S. And um, we hope that uh, uh, all the good flies that can surround your body and live from within will bless yeah. you. I'm just going to add one thing, though. Yes. You know, I don't support the cops killing nobody yeah, fuck the because fuck still. the police and all that yeah. kind of bullshit. Yeah. But, but it's obvious that, you know, let's get into a little analysis on this situation. It's Speak obvious up that uh, the, the police at the Capitol and so forth were friendly at first with these protesters. Uh -huh. They had like kid gloves on. They did not do mass arrests at any particular point in time. They ushered them out um, and they did it in a dignified way where they did not insult their humanity. They did not arrest in mass again. They did not kill people. And these protesters, you know, uh, I'm sorry to call them protesters. It's the word that comes Please to mind. Please don't call them protesters. But Please fuck don't. these white terrorists. terrorists. Yeah. Fuck yeah. these white terrorists. terrorists. Yes. But this is what white folks do and they've always done so. When you look at the news media and it talks about that this is unprecedented and all that kind of stuff, sure, there's a part of it about going up in the Capitol that's different, but white mobs have always acted this way in that's America. That's how they came to That's it. always that's how they, how they America. That's the right. The same way what you saw, with the exception of these white uh, 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 folks up in the house who were afraid, um, the only difference is that's what happened with the natives, that's what happened to Africans. That's the way that they've always bummed us shit. I like to say, first and foremost, uh, we salute 
and and rest in peace to Miriam Carey. Miriam Carey yes, was yes. a 34-year-old black woman who was murdered when she tried to make a U-turn in 2013 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at the Capitol. She had an 18-month-old baby in the back seat. Um, Miriam was a dental hygienist from uh, Stanford, Connecticut. And, uh, you know, she, she, she was straight up murdered. Now, she didn't break into the Capitol. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She didn't fuck up nothing. She just tried to make a U-turn because she was going the wrong goddamn way, mm -hmm. and they murdered her. Yeah, they and at the same her. time, yesterday, here in Georgia, there was a protest over the, the shooting of Jacob Blake. Yes. And because the cops was not charged, they decided not to charge the cop. That's right. But here in Georgia, there were mass arrests at that protest. That's right. While at the Capitol, they were letting these redneck fools run up and run out in there, sit in Nancy Pelosi's seat. You know, yeah. fuck Nancy Pelosi fuck also. Nancy sit in her seat, yes. uh, go up and take pictures at the Capitol, play with the gavel, go all I mean, around, and then they got out. The yeah. Breaking windows up. Yeah. Yeah. That dude was in that chair like, fuck your chair. Yeah, Nancy. Fuck your couch. Yeah. Mess the shit up. Yeah, yeah. all over the place. But Yo, the crazy part is that you had the officers down there taking pictures with them. Yeah, yes. Selfies, opening yeah. up barricades and all kinds oh, of Oh, speaking yeah. of that, speaking of that, there was a West Virginia lawmaker mm -hmm. whose monkey ass put up a video mm -hmm. on his page, on yeah. his Facebook, with a helmet on, documenting himself running up in there. So like, yeah, we're in here, we're in here. Mm -hmm. So his monkey ass trying to explain that shit right now. Yeah, big you know dummy. But it, it was a beautiful sight. Um, I got one problem for my black brothers and sisters. I would like to say this. I'm hearing a lot of you folks talking about our country. What the <laughs> fuck is our country? Our country? Your country? You must mean your country ass. Get out your goddamn <laughs> mind. If you're going to bring your black ass and say it's a sad day for our country. Mm -hmm. I got some relatives. Mm -hmm. I'm on a thread and shit, and I saw some of my relatives. And I'm sorry I know some of y'all listening to that, but fuck that. You can't whoop my ass. <laughs> can't do a motherfucking thing about it. But I saw some of my relatives talking about some, uh, oh, it's a sad day for mm -hmm. our country. Like, who the fuck are you, Aunt Jemima? <laughs> Uncle Ben? Fuck yeah. that bullshit. Dude, it's already fuck a sad country. country. And you know exactly what this country is about. It's about white folks being scared that they're losing about. control of what they think is their country that they feel like they rightfully stole. Because it's the yeah. republic. And, it, yeah. it's like, yeah. and, and that's the thing. One thing that, 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 that I'm happy that Trump did is he divided. He didn't divide America. Yeah. He divided racist republic, Republican Americans. Yeah. Because what he did was he said, like his son, What's his punk ass son named Eric? Mm -hmm. Like he said at that rally, he said, this is Donald Trump's Republican Party. Mm -hmm. Trump's Republican Party. So now you have Trump's Republican Party and you have the regular old Republicans. Yeah. So we like, I mean, we've been tickled pink. Mm -hmm. Thank you all for showing your whiteness. We appreciate you. <laughs> Keep great. up the good work. And he's reintroduced white supremacy overtly on a whole nother level. Back into, the, back into yeah. the picture, right? And so now though, Trump is finally getting a little scared. Twitter. Mm -hmm. And Facebook banned him. Snapchat. He's had to come out with a uh, Instagram, Snapchat too. Instagram, Snapchat too. Yeah. He's had to come out with a statement saying that he will allow a peaceful transition, um, because now he's being backed into a corner. And finally, they're threatening to institute the Twenty Fifth Amendment and to have right. him knocked out the box, which probably is not going to happen anyway. Wait, 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 but, wait, yeah. wait. Check this bullshit out. He gets banned on social media, mm -hmm. but the motherfucker still got the codes to the nuclear arms. So I'm confused. That's what the 25th that's Amendment's for, though, see? Mm -hmm. That's what the 25th Amendment yeah. they're trying to invoke. Trying to and doing right. yeah. two different things. No, they're not going to. I don't, I don't think they're going to wind up doing it. I think yeah, there's a lot of talk. Two hell. weeks left, so they're going to let him walk out, right. and they're going to they're going to just hope he never go, comes back again. Yeah. But I like but what you said, but he's, ex he's exposed again the underbelly of America. And the other thing is like these, these silly-ass pundits and, and reporters mm -hmm. talking about, this is a day that was going to live in infamy in America we've never seen. It's like America's never really been a democracy. America's we know it's shit. not been a democracy. Stop acting like these are new events. America right. does this kind of stuff all over the world all in terms of terrorizing, terrorizing people. That's and right. got the nerve to talk about other people's elections and governments. Exactly. And now you got it here. You know and what I'm the only goddamn reason that their asses uh, didn't form the coup here in the United States was because of the fact that we've been under motherfucking lockdown with COVID and they couldn't do that shit no goddamn where else. So they decided to do it right here yeah. in the United States. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So fuck. But it's not going away. I mean, that's just like Trump, Trump is going to go away. Definitely not going away. But this, right. this right wing force oh, yeah. that's nah, out nah. there, this overt white supremacy is back. Million. And this country is going to be, you know, the next 15 years in this country. There's going to be something kicking off. Y'all mark those words on Renegade Culture. But how about crusty-ass Joe Biden? This is what his oh, monkey ass yeah. did. He hops up there on TV talking about, if there would have been black 
lives matter, folks. <laughs> they would have been shot and locked up. So we see that that's a problem. See, pandering ass Joe don't know when to stop. He gonna walk his ass before he get into office. <laughs> mark my words, he gonna get so happy. He not did like two, three, two, three statements. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So his monkey ass gonna get so goddamn happy that he gonna forget. He gonna be like, I'm glad we freed the slaves. <laughs> we ain't forgot about your crusty ass Joe Biden. That's right. You locked more niggas up since in mm. America since the slave ship. So we don't give a fuck about no, that. No, we no. ain't letting off you all but come out. But you know out. what? But you know what? Every time he makes those kind of public statements, that's more ammunition for us to hold them accountable to do the shit that they're talking about. And if, you know if, you, if you believe that we can hold these motherfuckers accountable, yeah. then we cool with that. Yeah. However, <laughs> <laughs> however, yo, that's the state. Of, it's the state of America. Yeah, we're gonna be right back with our first segment, our second segment. I'm sorry, we're gonna come back with Mike Africa in a second. Yeah, renegade culture. culture. I've been going into prison for 38 years because my mother and father are both in prison. Four minutes of gunfire, one Philadelphia policeman killed, and it was over. The members of the Back to Nature group move had been routed from their house. The judge sentenced each to 30 to 100 years in jail. That's my mama. When she was arrested, she was almost due to give birth to me. When she did give birth, it was in the prison cell. So this would have been her cell? Yeah. This was a counterculture Philadelphia hadn't seen before. The MOVE organization experienced so much hate and anger from the system. It was a situation that everybody knew was going to explode. It was only a matter of time. It's one of the few things I've seen that I'm never going to forget. Rather than have a basis, dictate our lives, we'd rather be dead. Because to be free is not to be so-called living on this level. It's to be free of the oppressive power of a maniac like Rizzo. They were so aggressive and so angry. Nobody sided with them. Get that death penalty back, put them in the electric chair, and I'll pull the switch. This was the move house. It was demolished, so there was no evidence. When I learned that they were actually in prison, I might have been 13 years older. I started looking for something that would show their innocence. I wound up doing that for over 25 years. The Move 9 have been up for parole for the last 10 years. The denial of parole is violating their constitutional rights. What can I say about What can I do about that? Except just keep on pushing. Handcuffs keep tightening like eyes that a bright light is in. Every time I fight, the reason I fight is to not fight again. Every time I fight, the reason I fight is to not fight again. Every time I fight, the reason I fight is to not fight again. I'm your idol, your highest title. title. Numero uno. I'm not, I'm not a Puerto, Puerto Rican, Rican, but I'm speaking so that you know. And understand I got the gift to speak, and it's a blessing. So listen to the lesson I, I teach. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh -uh. yeah. Right here on Renegade Culture. Listen, y'all, this is Renegade Culture. Now, we was going to get a special land on, but we couldn't get special land, <laughs> so we got someone who graduated from special land. Air doctors in the building. No doubt. Shout out to the air doctor. You can't talk about people who drive the yellow bus no more, but he did literally drive a yellow bus. No, he, he was... The little uh, yellow bus. So. Nah, he wasn't on there. I'm not okay. going to go with that right there. Oh, you so can't do that. That's a little too far. Sorry, my <laughs> already Damn! There's already a comedian I got to punch in the face when I see him. Oh, God damn. <laughs> about doing that piece. But Yo. anyway... Tonight, yeah, we got a special guest coming on. Like, thanks everybody for joining us. We yes. got Mike Africa in the house. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mike Africa from the Move organization. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Mike, yeah. Mike is not only the ill thing about Mike. Been knowing Mike quite a while, and um, probably I think the last three times I see him, he introduced himself like we ain't know each other. Nope. But <laughs> <laughs> he knows a lot. Mike, well, bro, he knows a lot of people. I mean, <laughs> yeah, of course. He, and my man got a movie, a documentary yes, yes. on HBO about his family's history. He's meeting a lot of people. He's yeah. doing a lot of things. Yes. He ain't got time for you no more. So he ain't got time for you no more. This is straight. This is straight. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. You're not that memorable, brother. <laughs> anyway, we got my man Mike after He has this dope new film that you all should check out on HBO. It's called 40 Years of Prisoner. Mm -hmm. Mike, what's good, baby? <laughs> On the move, on the move, man. Y'all, y'all, I don't know, man. I'm getting a little nervous with this interview right here. <laughs> I, I, want, I don't want people to think I, I, I became a HBO guy and left them behind. Nah. Oh, no, nah, nah. <laughs> Hey, man. Nah, we, they, they know we wouldn't, we wouldn't even allow that. You know nah, what I'm saying? Bro. You know, we, we hang rappers and actors upside down over the building and everything. Plus, y'all got Pam and Ramona Africa up there. So we ain't worried about yeah, you getting yeah, yeah. too Hollywood up there. <laughs> there you, know you go. And hey, brother, you can go. be on YouTube no, if you get that, Kalaji. So that's all right. That's that's all, that's forgiven. Don't worry about that, man. <laughs> nah, yeah. nah so that, he, he know I answer the phone when he calls. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into it right away, man. Uh, you know, you you guys, um, you know, you have this this film on HBO that's talking about the history 
of the MOVE organization and what happened in terms of the, complete, the police bombardment in Philadelphia uh, trying to destroy the organization, which led to people being in prison, uh, a la the name of the film, for 40 years. Can you tell us a little bit about what was the MOVE, or what is the MOVE organization, how it was formed, and so forth? Uh, yeah, so the MOVE organization uh, was founded in the early 70s by John Africa. John Africa was a black man from West Philly, and um, he saw the ills in the, in the system and in society, and he wanted to do something about it. You know, he saw the, the way um, life had been mistreated over the years, and he just, he just decided that he was going to, you know, start an organization. Uh, the mission of the organization is to encourage, it's, the mission of the organization is simple, it's to protect life people, animals, and the environment, and um, to give other people the, uh, that information so that they can protect life too. And, um, and having that mission, you know, the Oregon, John Africa started, you know, speaking out against unsafe boarding homes for the elderly, uh, institutions that abused and, and, and mistreated animals. And he, um, and he also spoke out against the injustices that were happening to the environment. So, you know, and you know, and you know how it is when you protest against something that makes money for the system, they come after you, and that's what they did. Mm -hmm. Word. So, 1978, big thing goes on. Um, you know, in the city of Philadelphia, you know, first of all, the MOVE organization has not had a good relationship with city officials in the city of Philadelphia, of course. Um, tell the people what transpired uh, in 1978 that changed the whole... Uh, outlook of, of Philadelphia, of, of, of policies, of, of, of your family as a whole. Tell us what happened in 1978 for the folks who are not listening. I mean, so with, with MOVE emerging as this organization that was different than a lot of other groups. I mean, I, actually, I don't, I don't know any other organization that's like MOVE. I mean, a lot of, a lot of groups have like, you know, you got PETA that, that, you know, fight for the, uh, against the unethical treatment of animals. Then you got you know, groups that fight for the environment. But John Africa, man, he looked at, he took the whole thing and put it all into one and said, it's one system that's oppressing everything. And um, and the way he did it, he, he, he brought people back to the importance of nature. And he talked to them about life and how nature is important. And the only thing that you need come from nature and health is natural. And if you want to be healthy, you've got to go through nature to get that help. And, um, and reconnecting people, you know, with that, that information. And so the, the people were able to, like, they got strong from it. They got healthy from it. Mm -hmm. Like, and then he, he talked to them about science and how the system is, they're scientifically doing these horrible things to people. And women are having babies in hospitals. And he was like, you don't have to have a baby in the hospital. People have been having babies longer than hospitals been around. So naturally, you don't need a hospital, right? And women started doing that. And they started having their babies at home, and my mom was one of them. So mm -hmm. having that happening like that, and the natural and the hair, locks are popular now, but they were not popular yeah. in the 70s. It seems like you guys got targeted, and it seems like a seminal moment that the, the, the documentary points out is when the police came uh, to the house, and there was some incident that took place, and the police actually, if I'm not mistaken, you can correct me, uh, hit the, hit one of the, the sisters with, with, for move in the stomach, or caused her to fall, and she lost a baby, uh, which the police initially tried to deny. The city tried to deny that she was even pregnant, and then move went ahead and started and had some meetings where they had the press come and show and show the baby, and this seemed to incense the city even more, um, which led to some of the uh, uh, I guess some of the the, the actually actual. Say again? Assaults. Assaults and barricading of the move house. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, so so having the religion and, and, and the, this new way of life, new to us, you know, in the form John Africa gave it, um, it, 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 it attracted a lot of questions, a lot of interest from people, a lot of curiosity. And when the police got involved, they didn't come like, let me understand what's going on. They came swinging billy clubs and shooting and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. You know what police do in the black community. And so MOVE took a stand and said, well, we ain't going to accept this no more. And in the, particularly uh, the case of Rhonda Africa, where she was, um, she was eight months pregnant. And the police, she was at a protest 
against the police locking up one of the Move Brothers, Chuck Africa. And the police came and they started beating the protesters and they beat her in her stomach. And about a, the next day, she gave birth to her son, who was born prematurely, and he was born with black and blue bruises all over his body. And move like that wasn't the only time that a, a move baby had been killed at the hands of the police. The police denied it. And that move was like, well, look, they can deny it because it ain't, it ain't being seen, right? And nine times out of 10, the police get believed even if it is seen. But mm -hmm. John Africa said, well, let's put this all on display. Built the platform around the house. Move people came out with guns and, um, and, and read a statement from John Africa that said, no more will we accept the beating. No more will we allow the beating of move people. If you come at us with fists, we'll fight you with fists. If you come at us with clubs, we'll fight you with clubs. If you come in here shooting, we will shoot back in defense of our lives. Mm. Right. And so that standoff lasted for nearly a year and it culminated into the police storming the house on August 8th, 1978. Hundreds of cops, uh, firemen, the Philadelphia Streets Department came with bulldozers and wrecking balls and they sieged the house. The siege led to the shootout. Hundreds and thousands, uh, thousands of shots of, of ammunition was shot at move from the police. Um, the house was being torn down on top of them. They threw explosive devices inside the house. Men, women, children, and, and a pregnant woman by the name of Debbie Africa, who's my mother. She was eight months, uh, about eight months pregnant with me. Mm. And um, once the, the, the police, you know, uh, they, they threw smoke into the house. The smoke began to suffocate the people, so the people were forced to come out. When they came out, they were arrested immediately, and they were all taken to jail. Once they got to jail, they were told that a cop had been killed. They were very confused because they were trying to figure out who killed him, mm. you know, because, you know, the women don't have weapons charges on them. The men don't have weapons charges on them, yet the cops still said Move was the shooter. So they, they, they blamed it on Move, but they sent Move, all Move people, uh, sentenced them to 100 years in prison. And about five months later, after that whole situation, while my mom was pregnant in jail, she gave birth to me in a prison cell. So you're talking about, uh, so altogether was nine members arrested, correct, given these charges, the move nine? No, it was 12 members that were arrested. Nine of them were sentenced to right, 100 right. years. Okay. The okay. other three, according to the judge, were found not to be move members, so he released them. Mm. Okay, okay. So Which is an interesting thing because if the issue was murder, why are you releasing them because they're not move members? Mm. Right. So right? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. If, must, if a Muslim, a, a Christian... A Sikh and a Jew go into a place all at the same time. They don't say, "Well, you're not a you're not a atheist, so we're gonna let yeah. you know." They, you know, they. But this was a thing where they were really trying to get move members because they wanted to stop yeah. the uh, the influence that move it was has. Obvious that the targeting the was community. towards move, and they weren't concerned For about sure. other people around. Yeah. So yeah. as as you're growing up, right? So you're this is 1978, August of 1978. Um, so we're talking about uh, right after that, I believe, what, 1981 was a situation with Mumia where he's charged uh, with the murder of Officer Daniel Faulkner, I believe. Um, so we had that go on. Then years later, May 13, 1985, um, Philadelphia government drops a, a bomb on Osage Avenue and murders men, women, and children. So it had been war, the, the, the state against move from jump, you grew up through all, grew through all of this without your parents, without uh, Debbie Africa, without Mike Africa Sr. Tell us how that, how, 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 how that experience was and, and how it led to them being released uh, four decades later. You know, it's interesting. Like, I don't really know what to compare it to. I mean, I feel like just another black brother that's going through the same thing that other brothers is going through, right? Uh, when I was a kid, I used to wonder where my mom was, but, and, and I used to wonder where my father was and when they were coming home, but my life stopped. My life, uh, it was so, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's hard for me to really say how it felt different. Um, 
I know that I wish that I had my parents with me. I know that uh, other people had their parents and I didn't. And I did, I did feel alone in, in a lot of ways, but in terms of how I, I don't even know how things would have been different if, if I was with them. I mean, you know. It's, it's interesting because, you know, the whole move situation um, from uh, going back to the, the move nine and Mamiya and the bombing, you know, it was for years, it was a, um, an issue that radicals and militants and nationalist folks like I was in an organization at the time, we demonstrate in New York and go to Philadelphia and join in with members of the MOVE family to organize and protest over this. Um, at what point did, um, I say, media get involved, uh, particularly HBO or the filmmaker, and come at you about trying to make a film to explore this issue, um, which I think you know, allowed more folks now to see who MOVE was and how to targeting and make this a bigger issue? Uh, news media had been trying to get involved for years, decades, since the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, and some were allowed and some were not. And some were allowed and took advantage of the kindness and, you know, whatever. Most of the coverage that we got over the years was dirty, sturdy, you know, just... You could say it. Shit. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, they, they, really, they really wanted to, to dis dismerge the organization's yeah. name. Right. And that is, in large part, what led up to, you know... The, the media controls the, the minds of the people because they control the narrative of the story. And if the media says it and people believe it, then, you know, it makes it, it makes it legal in the minds of people. You know, it's like um, they, they label you a certain way so that once you got the label on you, then it makes it justified for them. You know, Ill illegal immigrants, they're not people, they're illegal immigrants. Mm -hmm. You know, um, terrorists, mm -hmm. people in, 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 that, that, that are Muslims. They're not Muslim. They're not people. They're terror. Like, they, they create this climate for people in their minds to have people readily willing to accept the mistreatment of these people. And they, that's what they did to move. Um, but the, tell us the, a little the, bit about how, what made you trust, um, well, how did you get involved with this film? Like, and what made you trust this particular filmmaker to let, you know, give them so much access to your life and your parents' life? Well, to be honest with you, um, it was my gut. It was my gut. I mean, when I first met Tommy Oliver, who's the, who's the producer, director, and cinematographer on this film, I met him uh, with Ramona, and we talked. And before, he, before we started talking about doing any film work, we were just talking. We were just like friends. And I mean, instantly, like, you know, we're two black guys, both from Philly, around the same age. And um, we got kind of the same interests, you know. So we just started talking. We were just, you know, talking and we were having fun and, and, and just hanging out, whatever. And then the next thing you know, he was just like, you know, I think I'd like to shoot this film through you. And I was like, yeah, well, whatever, bro. Like, OK. And then he started talking about the direction that it would go in. And I was... And I, you know, I got this thing where I don't know if you ever heard of the Malcolm X and Alex Haley exchange, where Malcolm said he only trusted Alex Haley a certain percentage, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then later that, you know, a night or you know, later or whatever, he he called him back and told him he trusted him a higher percentage, but it wasn't a hundred percent. Well, I told Tommy Oliver that story, and I told him I don't trust you, you know, and and he said, well, you know, I'm a good dude, and I'm going to do whatever I can to, uh, you know, show you that and I'll gain your trust, I'm sure of it, because I know I'm gonna do a fair job. And I I heard him, but you know, you don't know if you can believe believe people. Yeah, yeah. But he he did that. So um the trust just got higher and you know and plus I, he was around me, you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. I don't know, the, the the chemistry of working together and being the same people from the same place, all of that has something to do with it. Right. We um we are Delighted, happy, and honored that we have uh, you know have had you on today. Um, tell the people how they can check the film out. Um, how are your parents? You know, I mean, how, how have they adjusted since this since this time period? Oh, my parents are good, man. Like it, it took it was it was some adjustments. They definitely had their their uh, learning curve for this new world. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, when you go to the prison in the Flintstone, uh, go to prison during the Flintstone era, and you come out in the Jetson era. That's a 
culture shock. It's a, it's, you know, my mom didn't know what a cell phone looked like. Yeah. You know, she, when Siri said hello Debbie to her, she threw her phone on the floor. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but but they, she cool now. No, she texts more than I do now. She she busy. Okay. Yeah. Um, people can find the film. Go on uh, HBO Max. Uh, it's Forty Years a Prisoner. Folks can get in touch with Mike Africa Jr. You can go through my website at mikeafricajr.com. Um, I, you know, I got so much that I'm working on. Keep up with me on Instagram at Mike Africa Jr. I got so many projects I'm working on. A lot is going to be coming out soon. Uh, HBO was just the beginning. Hmm. Um, I got music projects. I got video projects. I got um, a book project that I'm working on. A lot of things are happening for Move. Uh, we got projects that are coming up for this May um, to, to deal with this other anniversary that's coming around um, another year of the bombing gone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just keep up with me. I'm, I'm, I'm on the move, man. I'm on oh, the move. Man, you stole my line. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, like, yo, it's like Mike Africa's on the move. You know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> my, anyway, thank you. I, so. I've, been, <laughs> I've been on the move for 40, 42 years. So, that's so, why I hear that. So, I hear so, that tell man. about it. We about to move right. Kamau out of here. Uh, anyway, man, right. appreciate you giving love to the family. True. You know what I'm saying? And we'll be seeing you soon. Renegade on the move, culture. free them all. Thank y'all much. On the move. Is there a problem, officer? Yes, sir. We received a 911 call. Oh, my God. Um, I, you know, the only thing I could think of is that I, I must have dialed by accident. Um, but no, no, no emergency here. We're all, we're all good. Anything else? That's it. Vengeance is ours. Shut up. Eat your last supper. What we think? Larry, how are you liking the food? Yo, it's Many Gay Coach. We'll be yeah. back with our next segment. Yes. <laughs> yes. I am Kamal Jump. Take it a ride. Start alongside. Kamal K. Franklin. Better than ever. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Who we got up in here, yo? We got a whole lot of people up in here. I think so. This has been a hot show. We got like different topics going on. Talking about all kinds of things. I know. Right now we got an independent film that's coming out soon. independent film. You know what I'm saying? Who knew? Everybody knows. I didn't even know we was doing independent films. Okay. But it's up on here. That's right. You know what I'm saying? This film is called Mamas. Mamas. It's a film about police brutality and mamas who take justice into their own hands. Yo, I saw the trailer. The trailer's dope. It is dope. You know what I'm saying? I, I, we we should have gotten an advanced copy, though. I, I, I was waiting for it, but I, I man, understand. No, he's too busy singing with the ladies. I, that's what I think. You know, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. conversation <laughs> with the producer, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, But no. it's all good. He's all still, right. he's still like my it. man. Anyway, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we have the producer of the film, Mama's... Brother Anthony R. Page. And all stands for Renegade. What's up? What's up, brother okay. man? What's up? How's and we got going? two of the actresses. Let me do the, do the intro first. Well, please go ahead. You know what I'm saying? Because you know I'm going to fuck up their names, but you're going to anyway. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And we got two of the star actresses, right? Okay. We got Lakita Renee. Oh, oh, oh. Renee's oh, oh. the All right, all right, all right, all right. And we got Robin Antoinette up in the house. Oh, oh. Robin Antoinette in the building. Yes. God damn. So we got a cast here tonight. We got the cast. Okay. Right okay. here on Renegade Culture. How y'all doing over there? Beautiful. Good, good, good. We are. We are. Okay. We're going to start with you, Robin. You're the producer of the show, right? You're the producer of the movie. Well, um, how did you get involved in the project? And tell us a little bit about why it was important to make this movie. Okay, you said Robin, so you want Ant. I want yeah, Anthony. Yeah, my yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know you changed my, my name. <laughs> Robin <laughs> and Lakito are more important than you. Right, right, right. Right. Okay, all right. <laughs> Well, the, the film, this, this film was conceived and executive produced by Leslie Black. She's a, herself an actress, really incredible talent. You know, she feels deep and she had been seeing all this police brutality stuff going on and she wanted to do a project and she just put pen to paper and she came out with this story, Mamas. Mm-hmm. And um, she got Gerard McKenzie, who's her d- DP, to come on to, to shoot the film. And I was a colleague of his, so he was like, yo, man, I need a producer to come on. So I came on to, to kind of back him up and the rest is history. Right. Um, it, it's a really dynamic project. You got the four the four lead women on it are, are beasts. I call them the four horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> Together, those four. I mean, we were sitting. You know, when we were on set and we were sitting there watching them to, you know, go take after take. I was just like, we're just looking at them like, 
it, it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, just 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 true artists just going in. And then, you know, the topic is so relevant too, yeah. man. There were times that, I mean, even after four or five takes, I could still feel it. I was like, man, that, you know, I was getting emotional on set, so. Do, do us a favor, because there's people yeah. listening, there's people watching, and they don't yeah. know what the film's about. Yeah. Because y'all talking about how dope it is. Tell us what the film is about. Well, the film is, it's dope. It's about four women whose sons were murdered okay. through, through interactions with police and police brutality. Right. So the women, the mothers didn't get any justice, so they decided to seek justice in their own way mm. by any means necessary. So they came together as four moms of murdered sons and they went to visit the DA. And I don't want to give anything yeah, yeah, else yeah. beyond right. that away, but yeah, very powerful. And throughout the course of the story, you get to see, you get to see um, the, 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 the uniqueness of their individual stories, like mama one, mama two, mama three, and mama four. But the, the end result was the same. Their son didn't come home that particular mm. day. Mm. And that uh, was powerful. And the director's incredible. Um, her name is Latasha Cho Johnson from uh, yes, Columbia, Latasha. South Carolina. All right, all right. And she's a revolutionary in herself. Yeah. I and mean, she's a gifted director, but she's also, she's a social activist and she's, she speaks truth to power all the time. So, you know, Leslie and, and Latasha coming together with, you know, the four dynamic actresses, it was just a powerful combination. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All right, Sister Lakita, let's start with you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your role um, and who, who you play and, and what happens in the movie, what you can give away. Right, you know. well, <laughs> Anthony gave uh, basically the synopsis of it, but my character is Janie. And I'd say Janie is um, more of the, the level-headed one of the group. She is more of the, you know, we're going to think about this, we're going to plan it out, and, you know, oh, maybe, maybe we shouldn't do this. And you'll <laughs> see it. You probably saw that in the trailer. Um, but at the end of the day, she was like, I'm game because my son was murdered and mm. I'm tired of this. And uh, so she joined with all the other women. Um, they have like a support group. And so she joined with the rest of the women and she was like, I'm in. And when she's in, she's in. All the way in. So let me yeah. ask you, are you, are you like the sister from Set It Off that was like, I need this money. <laughs> you know that no, that's not me. I'm more okay. of the Vivica Fox. Okay, cool. When cool, I think cool. that's what we decided, right? right. Decided? Yeah. No, 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 Jada. Yeah. We decided Jada. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm the Jada. She's the voice I'm the voice of reason, yeah. Okay, okay. So, um, yeah, I'm the Jada character. Okay, we got kind of confused. Yeah. And Robin, on that note then, describe your character. I'm What's your character about? Hello, guys. I'm Robin Antoinette. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, I play the role of Jill. And Jill is the mom that is extremely disconnected from reality because she is suffering from severe, uh, severe PTSD. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, her son was killed, but she actually believes she still sees him. So she goes through that a lot, you know. So she's constantly in this state of terror because she relives it over and over and over mm -hmm. that day when she lost her son. Wow. So, yeah. So did you all, like, with the film itself, um, of course it is a definitely a, a timely film we're talking about. On average, uh, the police are killing, like, 1,500 people a year. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Uh, mostly unarmed folks. Did you, uh, did you guys... Uh, during the process, did you consult any other mothers who lost children, or you kind of just used your energy based on your, your artistry more or less? To be honest, for myself, I did not consult anyone. What I did, I, I, we're all mothers. Right. So when we were called and cast for this project, Leslie wanted to be sure that she cast real mothers right. so that she okay. could pull from that energy, you know, right. as a mom yeah. who mm -hmm. has their child, you know. Yes. So I really thought of my own daughter not to put her in that situation of course but to draw from that energy and you know put myself in a place where how would I feel if I lost a child right. you know what I mean yeah. so. and I mean I think to add to that we've all seen the police brutality mm -hmm. right? we've all seen the injustice so it didn't take a lot for us to be able to pull from real life experiences you know what I'm saying right. like I she, yeah we just mm -hmm. turn on the news it's a every it seems like an everyday occurrence you know but this is the stuff that we've been seeing yes, right. so mm -hmm. it's not new to us right so um, we were I think for me I was able to draw from the news yeah. I was able to draw from family members that I know that have had you know police incidents and brutality was experienced you know so dope, dope. So what do you think you want folks to get out of this film? I mean, obviously, it sounds like it takes a pretty dramatic plot twist mm -hmm. where folks take justice in their own hands. Something, you know, we as renegade culture fully support. Um, but I don't know how the film ends because I haven't seen it. And again, we didn't get the full copy. We will talk about that more. Producer, eh. But <laughs> what do y'all think y'all want, want folks to get out of seeing mm -hmm. this film um, that they won't get out of a sort of a mainstream Hollywood film? 
Well, um, I'll take this in, in one way. What I see in Atlanta, I mean, you, Renegade Culture, you guys remember you know, the Dungeon family and how that changed music? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. You know, like Andre 3000 got up and said, the South got something to say. Mm -hmm. I see that same evolution happening in filmmaking, that the swag of Atlanta, the mix of Atlanta, the integrity of Atlanta, we're going to tell our stories in a very unique way. Um, and for so long, others have controlled our narrative. They have told the world who we were. Mm -hmm. You know, we're the lazy black man under the water, you know, under the tree eating watermelon. Yes, a ball. So, you know, and that's, and that's how the world saw us and thought we were. And it's like, wait a minute, we're not that. So us being producers and writers and directors and finding the resources to make our own product, you know, we get to, we get to share our humanity with the world. It's like, this is who we really are. It's not filtered through anybody else's lens. It's like, right. you know, we got our own equipment. We got our own writers. We got our own team of people coming together to share our stories. That's what's important for me because I have a son and I want him to be able to see himself and see the full scale and scope of his humanity. Mm -hmm. You know, not distorted, because that'll give him a distorted view of who he is. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, we, we, and there's such a beautiful and diversity of stories that are coming out with independent filmmakers now. So that's, that's real important for me, to share globally the full scale and scope of our humanity and not a lopsided story. Yeah that the black women are just this, or the right. black men are just that. And right. it's, no, we're this, 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 this. We're very complex and, and, and beautiful and, 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 and unique people. Mm -hmm. And I want the world to see that. So that's, that's real important for me as a producer. It's really dope, man. We definitely uh, appreciate you all coming on The Rock with us. Um, any other, I mean, well, when is this project scheduled to release? Uh, the film's going to be coming out later this month. We got a good edit, but we want to tighten it up because we want it to be strong. Okay. So we're going to do an online premiere. Okay. Um, we're, we're still determining what that's going to look like. Um, and we may hit some festival circuit after that, and then, but we just really want to get it in front of the people. That's, that's yeah. Leslie's mandate. That's the yeah. director's mandate to really just get it in front of as many people as, as possible. Yeah. It's real important for them to be a part of this conversation. Yes. And as we saw what happened in, in Washington, D.C. this week, it's important for us to stay engaged in the process. We can't say, oh, the election's over, now we can go back to our, our yeah. normal lives. We have to keep being a part of the process, and since this is what we do creatively, this is the way we can contribute to the evolution of our, our world. You know, right. you know let's, let's tell these stories from our points of view. Let's call truth to power with the stories that we're able to tell and teams we're able to pull together. Before we wrap up, let me just ask the two actors um, why was it important for them, or how important is it for them to be an independent black film um, at this particular stage in your career? I think, um, you know, Anthony hit the nail on the head when he talked about being able to tell the story through our own lens. A lot of times when you have these films that are through Hollywood and that are they're filtered, you know, so it, you do somewhat get sometimes a watered-down version of what the truth really, really is. And so I think it was important for us to remain authentic you know, so in, through a lot of independent film, mm -hmm. you get that authenticity that sometimes it gets lost in translation in a Hollywood film, you know. So I like independent films. It's a more of a close-knit bond. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's not, the story is not watered down. So mm -hmm. it's a by any means necessary type of plot. True that. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it was dope. We're definitely looking forward to checking it out. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, you know, um, as far as uh, black filmmaking is, you know, like these two said, it's very important to stay authentic and to keep everything real raw, you know, natural, mm -hmm. you know, and to tell our stories from where we are, you know, where we are, where we're at. You know, and for me, I was I was born and raised in Atlanta, so oh, oh you know, Grady baby, saw a lot, yeah, Grady <laughs> baby, yeah. So I saw I saw a lot. You know, yeah. we actually moved from Atlanta because of um, brutality and mm -hmm. you know killings and murder, you know things like that. So I don't know, man. This is like a big platform for me. You know, acting, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be able to. Um, not just tell our truth and, and tell what we see and what we go through, but to create something new, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To, to show that we can be something more than that. Great, so we want to thank y'all for coming on. We really Absolutely. appreciate it. Why don't we end by you giving us your social media where folks can reach you and how they can see the film online when it comes out. Why don't we start over here? Okay, Robin Antoinette, you guys can follow me on Instagram at A underscore rare underscore sunshine. And you can follow me on Facebook at Robin Antoinette. Cool. Okay, and the movie, it's Mama's The Movie, and you can get that on Instagram, and you can also find us on YouTube, and that's, that's a constant update of what's going on with the, with the, the movie. 
Um, my personal is anthony.r.page, and that's P-A-G-E, and that's across all platforms, Twitter, mm -hmm. Instagram, Blogger. So anthony.r.page. Gotcha. And my uh, social media is at Lakita Renee, L-A-K-E-T-A-R-E-N-E-E, -E -E, and that's on Facebook and social um, and Instagram. Cool. The revolutionary Che Guevara said the role of the propagandist is just as important as the role of the guerrilla. So mm -hmm. keep on using your art as a weapon, as a tool, because of the fact that there are no neutrals in this war. You know, oftentimes we look at, you know, ourselves as entertainers or actors or performers, mm -hmm. but um, there's only two sides. There's us and them. So either you're working on, on behalf of your people or you're not. That's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. um, we want to thank you all. We're also going to do, for the first time, on Renegade Culture, when it drops, we're going to do a, a, a hit or miss. We're going to do a hit or diss. So uh -oh. the whack, we're going to okay, drag you. Cool. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. 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 <laughs> All right, all right. No, all right. So, hey, if you, they could probably bust one of their monologues. Oh, 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 oh. Y all, y all, y all ready for that? I don't know. We're going to say that for when we'll the film comes out. We'll okay. y'all back okay. on that. All right. All right, Renegade Coach, y'all, we're going to be right back. Boom. Black out. Back on. Back on. Back on. Back on Renegade Coach. Back on Renegade Coach. 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 I lost a lot of sleep to dreams. It's two insomniacs. Red Eye alumni, we do it from the cardiac. Self-made, we adapt to any habitat. I got this heat, but you ain't playing with my thermostat. Y'all think I'm fly. You can see the shit I'm on. It's a dirty job. Y'all can tell what I'm stepping on. I walk the walk. I talk the talk. My lessons learned. Angelic with the flow. Shit, the wings are earned. What up, though, renegade culture? You know what it is. Hey. Renegade culture's in the building. Yeah, man, listen. That's abyss. Listen, yes, man. If you don't, listen, if you don't know abyss, then goddamn it, you're getting treat tonight. Right. Don't get it fucked up. We come through them, boy, look at here. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, what's good, Abyss? What's good, homie? Hey, hold on, wait, wait. wait. We, intro. Got to give a little intro, Please man. Please do. We got to have you. my people on. Yo, we have Abyss on here. Okay. International artist, hip-hop renaissance okay. man. Of course, he's one of the original deaf poets. Of course. You know what I'm saying? He's a Peabody Award winner. Peabody Award. You know what Award. I'm saying? He's internationally known. He was yes. the first hip-hop artist to perform at the Jimmy Carter Presidential Museum okay, and Library. Carter. So right. this is, again, we got to give it up one more time for our brother, Abyss. Yeah! Ready to get a coach on? And, and let, me give, let, let, me, let us give you a disclaimer. He's from Detroit. Whom <laughs> has he now smacked the, smacked the gums and the taste out of a few poets' mouth, but All I ain't right. going to name no names tonight. <laughs> no names. But anyway, we're here to make that's Renegade Culture great again. What's going on, Abyss? Hey, what's happening? What's happening, Kalanji? Man, it's always honor to, it's honor to see you, brother, because you, you are one of the people that I know that is always consistent. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? No Being in Atlanta, you get motherfuckers, you know, one day they, you know, they're a football player, the next day they're <laughs> fairy godmother, the next day they're <laughs> fucking a rapper. You don't know what the hell they're going to be when you see them. But you, you consistent, so we appreciate that. Yes, sir. Word. So how, how's everything been, man? What, what's, what's the difference? It's been real, you know, different, but, you know, a hustler, you know, I wasn't birthed today. You know what I'm saying? I've been in this thing like half my life, so it's been half of my life, so it ain't nothing new. But, you know, we've been off the grid. Okay. It's just everybody, you know, we got a lot of people joining me now. Yes, yes. Let me ask you this, though, you know what I'm saying? Because, um, you know, right now, this particular climate, mm -hmm. white folks now lost their goddamn mind. Oh, yeah. Well, no, what's your thoughts on that, man? I mean, you know, you know, you... You, 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 are you living in fear? I mean, Never that. white on white crime, is it affecting <laughs> no, your neighborhood? No, that, that doesn't affect me. Okay, all right. You know what I'm saying? And what, what's crazy is it's one of these things where we always knew it was coming just by what we was reading in the 80s and living in the Without 70s. Without a doubt. Without you a feel doubt. me? Without a doubt. We was made for it. Yeah. Um, for folks who don't know you, you know what I'm saying? Those, those two or three uh, cats who never had cable, <laughs> living in remote jungles of, of Brooklyn, you know what I'm saying? Um, Tell us, like, you know, how did you get into this whole spoken word thing? Because of the fact that it, it became something else. Right. You know, throughout the years. Well, uh, I think uh, with the spoken word, how I got into it, I lost my mom and my um, a couple family members in a tragic car wreck. Mm. And that car wreck led to me to journaling and a bunch of other things. And then it just made me, uh, I wanted to go out to the open mic. What's crazy is uh, I had that. Uh, idea in my head that I wanted to rap hard lyrics over a Joni Mitchell 
over, over uh, uh, Anglo-Saxon just playing the guitar where I'm spitting this hardcore, you know, I'm blackity black, blackity black shit. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's so, robbing niggas, then it works. <laughs> and, you know, and, and just do it. And yeah. the thing about it is that vibe still came out of it. But the thing about it is, uh, long story tolerable, I was able to uh, find my niche in the spoken word community. I started off with comedy, doing the, with, walk, riding with the comedians. Right. But as I got out there, I realized that I could get more traction with the poetry and using comedy for my hosting. No doubt, so no doubt. I used the comedic timing for the hosting. I got out here, when I got on in Atlanta, man, it was like walking on to the Falcons if I was a football player. Hey Amen, and that, that, that's real because um, you, folks like George and me, shout out to George and me. Oh yeah. Tommy, Tommy oh, yeah. Bottoms. Uh, John Good, Cola Rum, Lick Salon, Chase Songbird, Miss Deer, y'all. So it's a yeah. whole crew. Queen yeah. Sheba. Yeah. 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 And they was they was mobbed deep over at the Peacock back in the nineties, killing yeah, it. Man. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean yeah. And, and that was a crazy thing. Like even over there with Infinite Possibilities. We was over there Infinite with Nico Don. Uh up to Nico SP Don. Reality. SP still okay. out here too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's been the homie. But I've been watching everybody, like even Loose Weed. Well, he used to be over here like for for a minute. Right. So right. just right. being around here in the nineties, it was more so that that hand to hand. Word. Then when we got digital, we had already made names in these streets where it was tangible. So right. it was something with the hand to hand that yeah. we, we had customer service. So when you see Laugh of Palooza and all of that stuff on Netflix, right. that's because me and Cocktails was out here on this grind, hustling. Cocktails, you know, yes, yes, we, yes. we was out here giving out like 25,000 flyers a week. I already yeah. know. When I first got yeah. here, you two was like Batman and Robin. Oh, yeah. 2004. Yeah. You know oh, yeah. What I'm saying? The Missing Cocktails presents. Yeah. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So that definitely big up. So that was a live poet society. Big up, big ups, big live ups. Because, I mean, just coming to Atlanta, everybody was a mover and a shaker. So you had Fahamu and Kimbo. Them, them was, that, that was like basically my template. Word, word, so when word. I'm seeing these guys, like everybody went on to do their things, and we all had other business ventures later on in life. But just being out here in Atlanta, being around by the originals, by us being around the originals, that that is what I can give. I, I completely give that over to the longevity of what I've been able to do. One thing um, I, I, I'll say and pass the mic to the brother here, man, is uh, my deep appreciation and FTP movement's deepest appreciation because of the fact that whenever we call on certain folks here in Atlanta, oh, yeah. it's, it's never a stutter. It's never I'm going to be on this tonight and I was just on this yesterday and none of that shit. We say we doing anything dealing with politics or whatever. Boom! I could damn near put them on the flyer because of the fact that you're available. Oh yeah. Like I said, you you are consistent, and um, you know you're one of the folks who helped us to, to 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 make poets for political prisoners a a, a reality. So we definitely appreciate you know that work, and we salute you. And, salute um, salute to y'all and the work that you do. And one one thing that I, I regret that I wasn't on was the wrath of Siapu. Oh man, listen. Oh listen, my listen. God. We 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 don't kick myself in the head bananas, being yeah. too busy. Yeah, yeah, but we're gonna do a part two though. Oh, okay. I'm on it. It's about time for a part two. Matter of I'm fact, we might do it with some of the, these these words smith out here. So you already know. No doubt. You know, you know, um, as as you spoke about, man. You know, just the, the foundation of of Atlanta. You know, one, one of the things I've always appreciated about the artists down here is like all of the artists that we talked about are artists, activists, community. You know, uh, activists and the things of the same now. So when we think about you as you know earlier, I was talking about you being a hip hop renaissance man. So, so you um, play guitar, you play trumpet. So, how did you you know go from being a poet to going into all the different things and still keeping that hip hop energy with you? I think um, what what really led me into doing everything is basically sometimes you get turned down because people don't know you because you don't have a familiar face. So when we got on deaf poetry, they told us, "Oh, y'all will be relevant for like two years." I'm looking at cat like. We the reason y'all looking for us. Exactly. You came looking for us. That's right. That's right. We've been doing this. Exactly. So when we, since we've been doing this, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, man, you don't come to the A, do you? Because we get everything coming on, through man. the A. Coming so through. When you come through, it's kind of like, yo, I gotta play the guitar. I gotta play the trumpet. I gotta be. I gotta have so many reasons to come to the table. The only thing you might need is napkins. Okay. <laughs> everything else is set. Before we have you, we're going to have you come and rip the stage real quick. All I also right. want to say that we are published in the same book. The, um, 
Bandana Republic. Bandana Republic by, yeah, by Bruce George scene. and Louis Ray Rivera. Yeah. So um, it is, is an official book. Bruce George was the uh, co-founder of uh, uh, Deaf Poetry. Deaf Poetry, right? Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm so big up to Bruce George. Um, that's a that's a dope book. Before but. before you get up here and rip the poem, uh, we got a bold question. We gonna get oh, yeah. real quick, oh, yeah. and then we we, we we need to hear yes. some of them bars. So this right. is called this is called knockers nonsense. Knockers nonsense. So we have in, in this bowl, it's probably like three hundred questions, and I guarantee you, at least two hundred ninety nine of them make no goddamn sense at all. Thank you, knockers. So pick out the one that makes some sense. Yeah. Knockers nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Best artist out of Detroit besides yourself. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, I, I Especially right now. They got some bubblers up in Detroit right now. Stuff going. See, and then what? you go back to Motown. What? You see, it's hard. Like, this, this is a hard question for me. God damn. Like, you know, <laughs> if it wasn't a crib, because, you know, yeah, I, got, exactly. I, I got relatives in the game, too. So right. I have lots of relatives. But uh, I would definitely have to put that on one of my cousins who's a battle rapper, his name is Quest McCody. Mm -hmm. I'll give him the honorable mention because that's blood and I birthed that cat. All you know right, what I'm saying? Okay, I watched right. it. Okay. But I had to give it to Royce the 5'9 right now. Mm -hmm. oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, I, I see Big Sean, but Royce the 5'9 got that bars that make you go back and burn your notebook. We might All have right. to get Royce on Renegade Culture because just last week, on, last week we had uh, Chuck Creekmore for, um, Okay. Co-founder of allhiphop.com. All yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He gave Royce that number one slot as yeah. far as oh, yeah. uh, artist album of the year. So we might have to get Royce up on here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely give that to Royce. Okay, okay. Well, anyway, we listen to Renegade Culture right now. My man, Abyss, is about to burn this motherfucker down and put it back together for a loose get back. Yeah, yeah. Loose crazy ass Jamaican and shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We had to drop kick him and shit. But anyway, <laughs> shout out to Playback Sounds. Right. Abyss is in the building. Give them what they came for. Word. Renegade culture. What up, Doug? This is Abyss. This is Gunpowder. Call and respond. Light beams, if you're not enlightened, turning the sightseeing. Just a dose of the Kendrick, captain of my inner Hendrix. I'm just a messenger, it's only right I send it. What's that in the 
Culture, what up, though? Gunpowder. What up? 